You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. In this episode of the Motor City Hypnotist Podcast, we're going to finish up with Empower Your Mind for Success, Part 2. We started with this last episode, and we're just going to finish up on that. And again, showing you some great ways to empower and change your thinking to ensure success. And also, as usual, stay listening because I'm going to be giving away a free hypnosis guide. We'll be right back. Get ready for the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright, originating from the suburbs of Detroit, Michigan. He has hypnotized thousands of people from all over the United States. David R. Wright has been featured on news outlets all across the country and is the clinical director of an outpatient mental health and hypnosis clinic located just south of Detroit, where he helps people daily using the power of hypnosis. Welcome, the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright. What's going on, people? It's David Wright, the Motor City Hypnotist, and we are back with another episode of the Motor City Hypnotist Podcast. We are coming to you from the podcast Detroit Northville Studios. With me, as always, is Matt, Matt Fox. I'm sitting at the table. Matt, Matt is sitting at the table. And, and and say hello to Declan. He's an intern and helping us out today. He's actually, uh, they're running the boards for me today. So Say hi, uh, Declan. Hello. <laughs> so, so if something happens, Declan, this is what you get. Very cool. Oh. So... We are back. Uh, let me tell you where you can find me. Uh, first of all, my website is MotorCityHypnotist.com. On the website, you can find the podcast page along with my blog, which is one and the same. And you can also find my store where you can find good things like ebooks, MP3 downloads, and full copies of prior comedy shows. So if, you, if you're ever in a show of mine, whether it was at a fair or high school or college, uh, take a look. It's probably up there. And, and, and but just by chance, I'll throw this out there. If you don't see it there, message me. because It's probably archived mm. because it takes up a lot of space. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, take a look there. You can find me on social media on Facebook and YouTube at Motor City Hypnotist and also on Twitter and Instagram at Motor City Hypno. And if you would like to contribute financially to the show, you can also find me on Patreon. Patreon is a creator site where, where listeners can uh, donate to help the show, and I would appreciate any donations you can make. They're very small donations, and we have a few tiers. Um, and again, if you donate, you get things like t-shirt, mug, um, early access to the podcast, and also a, a shout-out if you want to promote something or just want me to say, hey, uh, you can get that as well. And as usual, every episode, I give away a free hypnosis guide. And this is just a PDF that I wrote. It just gives you information about hypnosis, kind of gives you what it is and what it's not. It dispels some myths and misconceptions. And uh, th that's always free. And um, so take a look for that. The links for all of these things, as far as my social media and for that free hypnosis guide, you can find in the show notes. So it's one of our favorite times of the week. Hey, 
how winning is done. Yes. Yes, it it's is. It's our winner of the week. I've missed this segment. Yeah, I... I <laughs> I, you, you know, I think we talked a couple of times, Matt, that, you know, how it's 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 not difficult. It, it's it's just takes a little bit more work to find some of these stories than normal ones. Right. But that's but that's good. I, I mean, we're, we're, we're sharing some great stories and yes. things that are, make you feel good. Amen. So this one comes from Mississippi. And it comes from a bridge that's 120 feet over the Mississippi River. Only only. All right. An ordinary workday quickly turned into a rescue mission after a bridge inspector spotted a stranded dog 120 feet above the Mississippi River. Wow. Ryan Nataluk, and I'm sure I'm messing his name up, was working alongside his crew on Sunday afternoon when Craig Jenkins, one of his bridge inspection engineers, noticed something out of the ordinary on the Natchez-Vidalia Bridge. Craig called over to the radio. I see a dog, said Nataluk. We've never seen a, dog, a live dog before. This is this is a funny statement. I we've never seen a live dog before. So at first I thought it was a raccoon. So okay. I, well, that just makes me laugh because have you seen dead dogs? <laughs> I don't know. If they oh, good for you. <laughs> but that that statement just struck me as funny. So after a second look, it was most definitely a dog that somehow managed to get stuck on a lower cord of the bridge. So I know you people listening, you'll have to picture this because there is a there's a photo in the news story, and I'll include that link in the show notes. But there's the bridge, and then there's the struts underneath. The dog somehow got ten feet below the bridge onto one of these struts oh underneath gosh. the top part of the bridge. That's wild. But he had nowhere to go, so he got down. There's no way to get back up. Right. Um. So Natalik, who's a vice president and lead engineer for the company, Stantec, uh, he's been inspecting and climbing bridges for more than 23 years, and he also spends a spare time mountain climbing. So when it came to rescuing the pup, he didn't even think twice about it. I go camping and climbing all over with my family and dogs, said Natalik. I've had to bring my own dog across rivers and even haul him up peaks. And over time, I figured out how to make it makeshift harnesses. Little did he know such experience would come in handy. So long story short, he got a harness, this makeshift harness, put it on the dog and pulled him up to safety. Okay. I have questions. Yes. <laughs> Does the dog have thumbs? Because it got <laughs> down into the bridge area. Well, yeah, it's it's just – and you'll have to see the photo. It's kind of hard to explain. I could see how he could have jumped down on there. Mm. But, um, you know, again, it's like a, it's almost like a platform. Okay underneath that goes across so it's like it's like a like a support beam underneath that's wide enough to like sit or walk on okay so it, the dog didn't have to grab anything yeah he wasn't like oh, hanging on with his paws okay like, he wasn't straddled okay. or anything i was just i was concerned for yeah the puppy. oh no really yeah was. absolutely so his company tweeted a video of the rescue and described the moment as being in the right place at the right time and, and the other thing too is it just happened to be this guy who's used to harnessing his dog huh that's coincidence. That's serendipitous. That, yeah, it, it is. is yeah. It's meant to be. She is a very fortunate dog, said police chief Walter Armstrong. I don't know where Walter just came into the end of the story. <laughs> they need to name her Lucky. Right. That, that's what the police chief said. Man. <laughs> Can I try really quick? <laughs> so to, I'm going to get his name, Ryan Natalek. You are our winner of the week. Thanks, Ryan. how winning is done yes it is thanks that is how winning is done so back to it 
So last week, if or last episode, if you were with me, we started talking about empowering your mind for success, and and this came about because of our ep- two, our episodes that were two and three episodes ago, where we had my friend Don Ferguson in studio, and I'll quickly just summarize that one because that led into this subject. So Don was a he he worked in corporate America for years, was a divisional vice president, and left a six figure job to start his own tequila company. Yes. And and it's a great interview. Go back and listen to those, and you'll see the title of the episodes are Teque- Hypnosis and Tequila, Parts 1 and 2. Yeah, you drink enough tequila. Like something, you're going <laughs> yeah. to do – something's going to happen. Yeah, something's, something's <laughs> good. So listen to those because w- through that conversation, we talked about changing thinking and how he had to make the decision that it's he didn't want to do what he was doing. He wasn't happy. He wasn't fulfilled. So he took a big leap of faith and a risk and just said – he just quit. He quit his job. And started this company. Mm-hmm. And they've been existing now for three years. They're distributing now in 30 states. So, so I kind of found it inspiring. And I thought, we need, to, we need to do an episode, the next one, how to empower your mind for success. So just as a quick review, the last episode, just to kind of recap, we talked about belief systems and how you develop these belief systems since childhood. And they just kind of replay. And the term I used is these the movies. The movies are the stories that you replay in your mind over and over again. Mm-hmm. They become your truth. So if, if you've had a bad experience in a relationship or if you've been um, criticized as a child or as a teenager that you couldn't do something, mm-hmm. you replay these stories over and over again. And that's, that becomes your reality. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to get out of that. And then we moved on into emotional memory. When you have situations like that and you feel that emotion attached to it, that attaches it your it attaches to your memories and, and that those emotions get evoked over and over again. And it keeps you stuck because you feel defeated. And we did touch on how to modify or how to be aware of these limiting beliefs. And that's the big thing. And and a couple of the examples we used, it's, it's such as uh, you know what, relationships are complicated. Or risk is dangerous, so you are you are adverse to it. Or I'm not like successful people. I don't have the personality. And all of these things are stories that you tell yourself over and over again that just gets locked in. So eventually, if you keep saying in your in your head, even if it's subconsciously, you know, I, I'm just not like successful people. I don't have the personality. That that's what you're going to exude. That's what's going to happen with you. Hmm. And then you don't take any risks and you don't take any chances and you don't take any changes. And that's why people stay in the same house, the same state uh-huh. their entire lives. Or, or the same job or yeah. the same relationship or the same mm-hmm. – gosh, it could be anything. Um, the same I, car. <laughs> I, I see so many clients come into my office and in in – and with all, and with all respect to them, because I say I talk with them one while they're sitting in front of me, they'll say to me, "You know what? I I just feel miserable about myself." Mm. And I'll say, "Well, then what what do we need to change?" And I'll say, "Okay, let's start exercising. Let's let's work on doing things that make yourself feel good. Mm-hmm. Let's work on finding out what your talents are. Uh, let's work on establishing good friendships with people who support you." Mm. And and a lot of the times I'll get. Yeah, but I don't know anybody. Or yeah, but I, I don't know if I can make that change. And, and they're and they're again the, these these excuses come up all the time because that's what you're used to doing. You're used to making these excuses, 
And therefore, nothing ever changes. Right. Question for you. Yes. At what point when you do couples therapy sometimes? I do. Excellent. Mm-hmm. So at what point do the couples come to you? Or is it when they're just starting to, to find out that they're not <laughs> – uh, they're not habitating properly, or is it at the end where they think there's no that it's done, it's over? I, I'll, I'll be honest about that. Typically, once I see couples in my office, it's at a crisis stage. Okay. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. <laughs> it did, and, and typically, when they get there, it's at a crisis. All right. And and a lot of times, it's either one or the other partners had an affair, mm. or there's been physical violence or they're separated, mm-hmm. or, or, or it's just at the point where, and, and I say this not that, that it's a literal sense, but they, they just dislike each other. Mm. They just, everything annoys them. They're just in a bad spot. So unfortunately, I wish people would take that action and take that step earlier because the whole thing, and this is going to sound cliche, but hear me on this. Mm-hmm. If you're not communicating and not talking to one another, the relationship's going to digress. It's like any other relationship. You know, if, if you have a, if you had a friend and you didn't talk to that person for three years, how strong is your relationship going to be? Probably not. Yeah, right. It's probably going to be non-existent. But people know? talk about, yeah, I haven't seen him in like four four months, and it was like we just saw each other yesterday. You know, it, I hear that all the time. It, and it's certainly possible if if it's a, if it's a friendship, and and I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll try I'll try to differentiate. All right. There are some friends that are okay with not talking, and. And, and this this is kind of an indictment on men, because men sometimes are just not very emotional. We've hit we've hit on this before uh, in prior podcasts. I'll say it, men are stupid. Men, <laughs> us men are idiots. <laughs> the, the fuck are you doing? Yeah, that, that's what that's what women are saying most of the time. <laughs> right. But but men they don't I, I they don't feel the need for that emotional connection that that ongoing emotional support. So yeah, they sometimes they can be okay if they haven't talked to their friend in a year or two, because mm. it's like, hey, how you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'll, and I may have used this example, but um, I'll give you a, a, the statement and then give you an example. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't say this maybe literally, although I'm sure it's happened. Men could be in a fist fight and an hour later be having a beer together and Absol- laughing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'll, uh, when I was in college. <laughs> There was this guy. the The way my dorm was set up is there was a there was a common um, lounge area, and then on each side of the lounge were two wings, and that's where the dorm rooms were. Right. So the laundry room was was closer to the other side on the the other wing, and I lived in the wing opposite that. So um, I don't know. And and the other thing was there was a pond out back behind our dorm. Yeah. So we had some these. You know what cattails are? You ever swing yeah. those around as kids, and yeah. the stuff gets everywhere. So we were just honestly just messing around on the dorm and running through the halls and swinging those things but we we detoured through the laundry room swinging a cattail and this guy was doing his laundry he was just folding it and all of this cattail fuzz <laughs> just was everywhere and he oh he he just he Did just he lost it yeah, yeah he yeah. just lost it yeah. oh, da, 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 like this in the background what the <laughs> fuck is it with you so he got really mad and i mean got face to face with me and and wow. just was I, I don't think we touched, but but he was he wanted to fight. Were he was his ready to go down. Moving really fast back. Oh, and forth. he was yeah, just yeah. pissed, just angry. And then I, I and I don't know why. I had no reason to be angry, but mm-hmm. I got angry because he got angry. Mm-hmm. So now we're just yelling at each other. And my my other guy that was with me kind of stepped in and, and right. pushed things apart. Fast forward 
three months later, not even that, we were like best friends. Ah. And we used to laugh all the time. I remember that time you came over that cattail and <laughs> we almost got in a fight. And, yeah. and so long story short, that's a big tangent to go on. But to go back to, to Matt's question is that a lot of times men can go a long time in a relationship without talking. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't work in a marriage relationship. No. Because if you're a partner that you live with and it's a marriage relationship, you, there has to be communication. Mm-hmm. So we go back to the belief system and and being aware of what's happening. And, and with couples, a lot of times they wait till they're in that crisis mode to be forced to do something. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to be successful and you're trying to empower yourself to be successful, you have to change something. Mm. Because I could say, if you're doing it right, you would be successful. And and I know that's a matter of perspective and a matter of of just kind of of knowing or 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 believing where your success is. But if you have these belief systems and they're your they're your habit and you keep telling yourself that same story over and over again, we have to change that. So again, on last episode, we 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 talked about what are limiting beliefs. And, and identifying those. In fact, I asked everybody to write down, I believe it was three beliefs that are limiting for you. And, and we went through some of those examples. So right now, we're going to talk about how, how we can remove these or how we can change these limiting beliefs. Um, so if you can recall back to childhood, there were a lot less rules. And by rules, I mean, I mean, structure as far as your mind goes children are are definitely more imaginative and more adventurous and 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 a little bit more fearless than adults are Mm -hmm. so their curiosity is much bigger as a child and then over time we start to learn that well we can't do that anymore because we're we're getting older and we're we're becoming adults right so we we get introduced into whether it's because of work school other things into this rule set where Nope, we could do this, but we can't do this. And and I think that's where these limiting beliefs start to come from. Mm. So if you're in school and say you're an average student, maybe, I don't know, maybe you have a 2.9 GPA and you see somebody who's got a 4.0, the automatic thought process is, well, I couldn't do that. Right. I can't do it because it's just a belief system. Now, I'm sure that there are people who might struggle with that, but it doesn't mean that you can't do it. It's gotcha. just the perception is not right. So these beliefs, they affect us negatively. And I'm going to tell you how these beliefs affect us and what power they have. They have the power to influence your ideas, define what is good or bad for you, limit the actions that you take. And that's a big one because if, because if, you, if you're limiting yourself on actions, you, it, you don't take any risks. You don't make any changes. And and as as Matt said earlier, if if you don't change anything, it's it's just not going to work for you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, shapes your character. It it keeps you from creating a course that you will follow. These beliefs determine your health. They connect to your passion, and they and here's the big thing: they either lower or raise your level of happiness. It does one or the other. It's going to either lower your happiness. Or it's going to increase your happiness. So when we operate and live within these complex set of beliefs, it's, it's, it's like a blueprint for how we're going to act and feel. 
And I know that's very abstract, but that's how it works within you. So, so without your, with, without having beliefs, you, you can't interpret stimuli that's coming in. So now what I want to do is I want to go through some steps for you to take to limit. Well, first of all, identify and then limit your beliefs that are hurting you, these negative beliefs. So the first thing that we're going to look at is called the third person method. In this method, what you do is examine somebody that you know, a friend, a family member, somebody that, that might be connected to you in some way. Uh, and take a look at something that you see in them that you think, wow, that's kind of screwed up. Maybe it's somebody who um, continuously makes excuses about how they hate their job, but they never change. Or how they're always in a fight with their spouse, but they never change. And if you examine it from the outside and observe how their limiting beliefs affect them, sometimes it's easier to take, to be objective about it for yourself. And I, and I do this in therapy a lot with people. I will say, okay, if, if you had a friend that came to you and is saying the same things you're saying to me, what would you tell them? And a lot of times, if we take that third person approach to it, it takes us out of our own minds and takes us kind of as like an observer and you're able to evaluate better. So that, that will sometimes give you insight into your own feelings and your own belief systems. Hmm. The second way to identify limiting beliefs is the fill in the blank method. List down or say a situation out loud that you're struggling with and then add the word because to it. <laughs> so like, let's say somebody's, uh, you know, struggling with, um, Frustration in their job. I'm frustrated in my job because just add a because to the end. Oh, okay. and then answer that question. I was going in a different direction personally. Oh, where were you going? Oh, I I was I was reading a fortune cookie, and I put in bed at the end of that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, or or between the sheets. There you That's go. another one. <laughs> I ain't listening to you no more. <laughs> That that's a great one too. <laughs> of course, totally different subject matter, but <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so say say that you say I'm really unhappy in my relationship. I want you to add the word because after it, and then write down the reasons. Because sometimes we can say that first part, I'm unhappy in my relationship, and you say that a hundred times in your head. That that's as far as you go, mm. and then you don't change anything. And, and and that just becomes your reality. That's that story that you keep telling yourself over and over again. I'm unhappy in my relationship. I'm unhappy in my relationship. And that's just the way it becomes. It becomes like a fact mm. and there's no change. So again, with that one, state your issue and put because after it. And then I, and, and I really, I, I, for those of you listening, write down, write it, type it, write it, do something because then you can look at it. So a because in that example might be, I'm unhappy because I don't feel appreciated. Mm. Now you've identified the issue. Right. Now, even if it isn't on you, you could express to your partner, I'm feeling unhappy because I don't feel appreciated. And that's where conversation and communication starts. Hmm. So once you identify the cause, then you have to put that because and then follow through on that. The third, the third way to identify and eliminate faulty beliefs is the I can't method. Think of all the things in your life where you said, I can't do it, hmm. that I can't do that. List down all the things that you think you can't do or achieve. 
Now, that might be a long list. It might be a short list. Why so serious? <laughs> I mean, it, it could be. But, but what, if you write these down and say, I can't do this and make a list, like for an example, and, and I know we've used this, this uh, scenario before, I can't speak in front of people. Mm-hmm. Again, public speaking is one of the biggest phobias there are. Skydiving. Yeah, skydiving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or maybe being on the news. Right. We'll do it live. <laughs> Fuck it. Do it live. I can all write it and we'll do it live. <laughs> Fucking thing sucks. So maybe you're just not comfortable talking in front of people and you say, I can't. I can't speak in front of people. Mm-hmm. Now, what I want you to do on that one is write down the reasons. You say you can't, but what are the reasons? Why? So in, in that example, list down, list down the things you think you can't do and then say why. And in that, in that scenario, maybe it's fear, lack of confidence, poor voice, a belief that if you fail, that you'll be embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And, and, and believe me, embarrassment is a big driving factor for people not to try or do things, especially in front of other people. Right. So think about that. If the reason's fear, we can address that. We can help. We can help eliminate or reduce that fear, lack of confidence. You just have to practice, right? Like anything else. So I, I can't go skydiving because it'll scare the crap out of my C and I dog. <laughs> you see, <C&I> dog. <laughs> it would. <laughs> he might. He might yelp. What, what was that? He has a brain like a chicken. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I really no. Could. That's a good one. Um. So Henry Ford once said, and I know this is a famous statement, whether you think you can or you think you cannot, you're right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's exactly where this comes from. Mm-hmm. When you say, I can't do something, that becomes your truth. And that becomes that, that limiting belief that you keep telling yourself over and over again. Mm-hmm. The fourth way is the I don't have method. So and people use this one a lot to rationalize why they're not able to achieve something. Um, and I'll give you an example of this one. I don't have the talent or I don't have the money or I don't have the time. Mm -hmm. I don't have the confidence. I don't have the resources. I don't have the knowledge. I don't have the motivation. Well, go get it. You can listen to to a hundred things like this. And, And these are, these are built in excuses that you stop that stop yourself from doing something great Mm -hmm. that stop yourself from, from, from achieving great things. And, and again, feeling valued and feeling important. I'm very important. Uh, I have many leather-bound books, and my apartment smells of rich mahogany. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but think about it. How many people out there think that you're important? You really believe that in your belief system. I'm really important, and, and I feel good about where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And that's really where I'm trying to push you to with these things. So, so now that you've, you've reduced or eliminated or looked at the reasons why you have these negative belief systems, what you have to do is once you found it and once you've used one of these methods to identify it and get rid of the excuses, hmm. now you have to create positive beliefs. So we're eliminating the negative ones and we're, we're implementing positive ones. That's the whole idea. And I don't want to simplify it, but choose to have a positive attitude. Change the thought process. If you force your mind to evaluate every experience you have as being negative or positive, 
it, it, it requires you to evaluate it. And that's a lot of times we go through life and we don't evaluate. We don't, we're not aware. We don't examine. We, we just feel like we're victims or, or in a boat just getting taken along on the tide. But if you stop and you evaluate every situation as being negative or positive, it forces you to look at it. And then it forces you to think about your belief system and how that can change. Now, you guys know that the theme of the show, if you've listened to any of my shows, is change your thinking, change your life. I do this every day with clients, whether it be typical therapy, whether it be with hypnosis. To, to change behaviors and change feelings, you have to change your thinking. It starts there. So, so what I want you to start doing is that look at situations and follow these exercises with, with, with the things that I've shared with you with these details that I've shared with you. And again, I'm just going to quickly recap what those are. Third-person method, where you examine someone else and see some of of the issues you might be having and what would you say to them. The -the fill-in-the-blank method. Whatever your situation is that you're struggling with, at the end of it, say because, and then I want you to write or finish those statements. The third one is the I can't method. And then list out, I can't because of these things. Fear, lack of confidence, poor voice, all of those things. And then what we can do is we can work on those things. If you can't and you say you can't, then you won't be able to. And then the fourth one was the I don't have method. Again, that's the rationalization part of it. That's the part where you talk yourself out of things. Those are the built-in excuses. So I want you to use these exercises to examine your thought patterns, to examine your feelings so that you can start to identify where you can make changes. And then once you start being aware of that, that's where the power comes in because now you can start deciding. You can start making your own decisions. You can start moving towards something you want to do. And that will be empowering to you. And that's why this whole last two episodes are empower your mind for success. You have to change thinking to get the results that you want. So for our next episode, folks, we are going to be talking about, and and we referenced this, uh, I believe, maybe a couple of times ago. We we mentioned Freud, and we were mentioning uh, psychoanalysis in particular, but we're going to take a look at that. And it's not going to be a boring Psych 101 textbook. It's just going to be kind of a look at what exactly is psychoanalysis and, and if that is even feasible to do today. So that will be next episode. Tune in. It'll be very interesting, very informative. Until then, change your thinking, change your life, laugh hard, run fast, be kind. I will see you next time.